Hi, welcome to Panther City Partners. I am Leanne Finley-Maxwell. We are talking about transitions and change and life, and we've just finished a series of topics on um, college and college study skills. And so I kind of wanted to continue with the same topic of college, but in a different way. I feel like so often we spend time thinking about college as only a means to a career. And not all of us, myself included, have um, a career in what we went to college for. And so I wanted to have a few guests on that could kind of speak to that and what they're doing. So today I'm very fortunate to have a good friend of mine. Her name is Jess Grady. I will let her explain what she does because she does so many things and she's so good at so many things. Um, I just want to remind everyone that the only constant is change, and you don't have to go it alone. And I am fortunate enough to have someone great like Jess in my life that I don't have to navigate transitions alone. And so, Jess, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> so uh, tell us first, Jess, what, what you do now. So I own co-own two companies mm-hmm. with a friend mm-hmm. um, and partner, and she we own Cat City Creative and David Maxine Paper. Mm-hmm. And so I do graphic design mostly, mm-hmm. um, some animation, some web design lots of lots of different things yeah so So, yeah she's very creative um what though did you go to college for because I have a sneaking suspicion that it was not graphic design so my undergrad is actually in archaeology and museum studies okay so (laughs) that 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 degree brings up a lot of um first question is uh how did your family feel about that choice of a great of a of a degree. So I actually started, um, my granddad is an accountant. Mm-hmm. And then, so I thought, that sounds great. And so I went to school thinking that I would be an accountant. Mm-hmm. So I started taking classes there first and it, it was not a good fit. Mm-hmm. And I worked at a firm in the summer and I was drawing the whole time I was working. Oh. I mean, I was supposed to be answering phones. <laughs> and I did do that, but I also was drawing. And mm-hmm. the woman said, please don't go in this field. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so... But then I just started getting interested, and I've always loved museums, and so uh, Baylor was one of the only mm-hmm. schools in Texas besides Tech that had mm-hmm. a museum studies program. Mm-hmm. And I started taking classes, and I just loved it. That's awesome. And you couldn't just get a degree in museum studies. It had to be a dual okay. bachelor, and so I picked archaeology because okay. I've always wanted to do that. Okay. And actually met my husband in an archaeology dig, so Yay. I'd say it worked out pretty well. It did work out well. <laughs> Well, I want to point something out because I think you make a good point there of like you you did this internship at, with an accounting firm. And I think that oftentimes we think of an internship is supposed to help you figure out what you do want to do. But your internship helped you figure out what you didn't want to do. And that's yeah. just as important as yeah. finding out what you do want to do. Yeah, I don't know why. I just had this vision of account. I don't know why I thought it would I guess because it's so stable. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> My granddad worked until he was 95. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just wasn't a fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I took a bunch of classes and I wish I had not probably taken some of them and paid right. for them. But, right. But I think it was really good to learn. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a fit for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was helpful to work there and talk to people that worked in different fields. There were auditors and accountants and, you know. Right. I realized I didn't want to do any of those. Right, right, which is a really important thing to learn at that age. Yes. (laughs) Well, I do think it's interesting that, like, you just thought, oh, accounting sounds good without really knowing anything about it. And I think that happens all the time with college freshmen. We're asking them in the summer before they even start school 
when they come to orientation, most of the time, choose a major. And they yeah. often do what you did. Like, I'm going to pick this. I mean, my first major was communication sciences and disorders. And it, I did know what that was going to be. I thought I was going to be a, a speech pathologist, mm-hmm. but I didn't really understand what all that entailed. But that's what I put on my application when I yes. applied to UT. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're asking students to make these decisions when they really have no idea, like you had no, you knew your grandfather was an accountant, but you didn't really <laughs> yeah. understand what the ins and outs of daily work would look like. I'm really not like my granddad at all, so I'm not sure what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. So after that internship, you came back to Baylor and you changed your major like pretty much immediately or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then how did that go, that conversation with your parents? I think partly they were like, yep, that, oh. make, that makes sense. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of talk. They were very honest in the field that, you know, you're going to be very poor okay. if you choose these fields. But, like, the school was very honest the with you? The school was oh, very honest. Mm-hmm. Um, my museum studies professors were like, "This, these are the facts. This is how much right. you pay for school. This is how much you'll probably mm-hmm. make in your first few jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, most museums are nonprofits. Mm-hmm. And then archaeology, they're like, you're going to be traveling a lot. Right. And if you have a family, this can be a problem. I mean, they were really mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So you didn't go into that blindly. Like, the, it wasn't like you went in with stars in your eyes. No, they, they were, were really very good honest. about it. That's great. Yeah. I think the first class I had, they they kind of laid it out. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, And so I think that my parents were really, they were really open to mm-hmm. it. My my dad has always had kind of different, mm-hmm. owned different businesses. And so right. it made sense to him. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, you continue through the degree and you graduate. And so then yes. <laughs> what did you do once you graduated? Did you get a job in that field or something else? Or So I interned actually in town at the Log Cabin Village. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I, I highly recommend that place to everyone. I loved it. Yay. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I told that it's like I got an internship and therapy all at the same time. <laughs> I worked with that's a bunch awesome. of older retired women. And right. They were very loving. Oh, that's wonderful. nice. Um, but I realized I really loved to do the certain part of the job, accessioning, like you go through and research all the, the different items okay. and then fill out all the information about mm-hmm. it. Um, I really loved that. But then I didn't know if I wanted to stay in Fort Worth permanently. So mm-hmm. I applied for jobs in D.C. And then mm-hmm. I ended up moving there and working for a traveling museum exhibit company. Oh, okay. Um, and I really loved that. But then I realized, mm-hmm. well, then, then I worked at various other places, mm-hmm. I realized that it was really important to me, more important who I worked with uh, in some ways, mm-hmm. because I absolutely loved my job, but mm-hmm. the person I worked for was not an easy person to work for. Right. So you so you were able to get jobs initially that were in the field that you yes. had studied, mm-hmm. but even though you liked the jobs, you didn't necessarily like the people you were working for. I loved my coworkers, but the people in charge were very difficult to work for. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that was like the nature of that specific industry? Or do you just think that there's bad bosses in any kind of job that you have? There are. Um, I think there are difficult people to work for. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I mean, I really, I'm still close to a lot of, the, this is 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. Um, but I'm still really close to a lot of the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. And so that was great. Um, but I don't know if it was just the field too. There's a lot of, because we were working with traveling art exhibits, there was right. a lot of money and a lot of people with a different idea of what reality was. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, That's interesting. Than my mm-hmm. reality of coming from Texas. <laughs> right. 
Well, I think it's interesting that you felt like you needed, well, you didn't, I guess you didn't need to, but if you're going to get a degree in museum studies, it seems like a place like Washington, D.C. is a good place to go because they do have lots of museums. I actually got that job um, through a temp agency. Oh. And so I went to a temp agency and they actually, I temped at the National Gallery for a Mm -hmm. little bit and I had an opportunity to work there in the Treasury Department, but still there. Um, And so they were great about trying to find a good fit, Uh actually. Um, that's great. So yeah. that's that, that. I think that that seems like a really good tip is that I think that people often think that the only way to find jobs is to like go to specific companies. But if you start with a temp agency, mm-hmm. then you tell them what you are good at or what you have experience in, and then mm-hmm. they can help match you up. Yeah, they were they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I attempted a bunch in Smithsonian Magazine and mm-hmm. just different places, and they were trying to get me into all those spots. Right. So it was a great city for that degree. Right, right. Um, so you, you tempt with all those different places and then you ultimately found your permanent job. So it's nice Mm -hmm. that you were able to kind of get some experience in lots of different areas of Mm -hmm. museum studies, but then you ultimately landed on a permanent job. Right. Mm -hmm. And and how long did you work at that permanent job? Uh, Just a year. Just a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then what did you do next? Then I worked at a theater. Oh, yes. Okay. So you're shifting gears. It's still in the kind Mm -hmm. of like the creative environment, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's shifting gears a little bit. And what did you do at the theater? Uh, so I did all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there was only the director and myself. And okay. So you're the only paid staff. The only, well, and she didn't really always pay oh, herself. Wow. So oh. I was really the only paid staff. Wow. It was a great theater in mm-hmm. Alexandria, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a small theater. And so sometimes I would run lights and I learned how to do that. Oh. And then I would make the programs and call subscribers. I mean, it was just a bunch of different wow. the different things. So you so. got to learn how to do lots of different things, which seems like it's probably really helpful now that you own your own business because you learned like all the things that you would need to do. <laughs> Even though you don't own a theater, there's still a lot of things that cross over. Good contact with your subscriber, um, right. all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do look back and think, oh, I wish I had done this better for them or, you oh, know, I yeah. mean, I was... It was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were young and didn't have any experience but at the I time. Did, I did know that one thing I loved doing, I would sometimes take photos of the actors for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. We would have to put, you know, stuff in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also really loved to make the programs. I wasn't very good at it. Right. But I, I would just play with it all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's something I did in college, too, is mm-hmm. I would find Photoshop and then just, I was like constantly teaching myself things. Right. Right. And so I knew even at the theater that I really wanted, that I really found a lot of enjoyment in those things. And like the graphic design mm-hmm. and then the picture taking yeah. element mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So so it sounds like you're picking up little tidbits where, wherever you're working. You, you worked yeah. as a, the in the accounting department <laughs> or the accounting yeah. firm and you realized, nope, this is not <laughs> <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> and then you worked at the Log Cabin Village and you learned, oh, I do like this piece of it. I like the research aspect. Mm-hmm. I like the the finding the artifacts and, and doing all the research and cataloging mm-hmm. for them. And then you worked at the um, traveling exhibit and you realized, hey, I like my coworkers, but I don't like my boss. And so you have found, so every single stop along the way, mm-hmm. you're learning more things about yourself. You're ultimately at the theater mm-hmm. and you're figuring out, actually, I do like the graphic design. I do mm-hmm. like the visual aspect of what I'm doing. Right. So you're you're picking up these pieces of what you're ultimately going to do mm-hmm. at every single stop along the way. Yeah. And I don't think that I, I just didn't really know what graphic I didn't have a lot of experience in that field. Mm-hmm. I had no one in my family did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just didn't even know what to call it really right. yet. 
even outside of college. I just didn't Mm -hmm. take any of those classes. And I I mean, looking back, I wish I had taken some, but. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's evolved so much. I mean, you say we were both in college about 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and that field of graphic design has changed tremendously in that time because Mm -hmm. now it's so much more computer-based at the time you know, in the early 90s and 2000s, when we would have been in college, it would have been some computer-based, but it would have been a lot more hand-drawing. Right. It's like watching Mad Men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, you have to change the whole drawing. After, right. To pick you to change one thing. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so then from there, I actually started working at GW, George Washington University. Okay. And I just, I worked in uh, doing customer service. Okay. But I was able to get tuition reimbursement for taking classes. Oh, nice. And so I started taking, I started to pursue a master's degree okay. at GW. Okay. And what were you looking for your master's in? What were you going to class for? I was hoping to do anthropology mm-hmm. and um, also I was doing museum studies. But mm-hmm. I realized that you can't work full time and do the internship that was required right. for museum studies. Mm-hmm. But I really loved my classes. Mm-hmm. Um but also, I realized, I still thought that maybe I wanted to do museum studies and do conservation. Okay. But I realized that you really need a lot of chemistry background to do that. Oh. And that is just something I knew in high school, even, that that was right. not So you're not just, with, with conservation, you're having to use chemicals to, like, strip away the dirt yeah. and the grime of, yeah. of old artifacts. Right. Okay. To protect everything. And it was still really interesting to study. My right. classes were actually in the Smithsonian collection. So I wow. got to take the back elevator up and stuff. Ooh, that's cool. It was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I loved that too. And I loved mm-hmm. learning it. But then I realized that it would not be a long-term fit mm-hmm. for my situation. Mm-hmm. So you ultimately didn't graduate from grad school. True. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's another good point to to point out is that I think that sometimes people are interested in going to grad school, but they don't really know why they want to go to grad school, mm-hmm. or they haven't really thought through exactly what, like what the long term, what the long term job would look mm-hmm. like if they did get that degree. Right. And you were able to say, "Hey, this isn't the right thing, so mm-hmm. I need to just like cut my losses at this point and mm-hmm. be appreciative for what I've learned, but not try to stick with it if I know that ultimately it's not what I'm going to do." I'm so thankful that I got to take the classes, and I only had to pay four percent. Oh, that's nice. And so it was still mm-hmm. kind of a lot of money. Sure, at GW. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but it was great to be able to do that. Yeah, and that's hard to. to I'm sure at that time it was probably very hard for you to say, "Hey, I'm not going to finish this," mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're taught everyone. Not, and I mean, that's kind of like the American way. Like you finish what you start. Right. And even, so, yeah. even if it's not the right thing. Like I right. still have trouble putting down a book. Even if I don't like the book, yeah. I have trouble Me stopping too. reading it because I'm like, I started it. I have to finish it. Yeah. So it takes a lot of courage, I would say, to stop a graduate program when you realize it's not the right thing for you. You know, it, it helped too, I think, because my husband uh, was also just really bored in his job. Mm-hmm. And so we loved living in D.C., but we had been there for five years and we thought that we needed something different. Yeah. Um, so he decided he wanted to go back to school for a totally different thing also. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up moving back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I pursued photography more. Right. That opened it up. Right. So. So when you, there were lots of transitions happening in your life at the time that you decided, hey, this graduate program is not for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like you just stopped, but you were still working at GW and still having to be around all those people that were in the program. I probably would have still, probably not pursued a degree, but kept taking classes because it was such a great deal. And it was great learning. Yeah. It was. And I think that you bring up a good point there that the learning for the sake of learning is a great thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) 
I know. I feel like we don't we don't let ourselves do that really. Yeah. Like so. Mm-hmm. I feel like that now it's it's easier for me. Like there's programs like on edX and some like online classes that I can mm-hmm. take. I don't have to pay a ton of money. Yeah. I don't have to pursue a specific degree, but mm-hmm. I can now I can just go back and take some psychology classes or some cl- things that I'm interested in. But the the pressure is different because it's, I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it for a grade. I'm not doing it for a diploma. I'm not doing it to get a certain job. I'm just trying to cultivate and grow personally. One thing I did notice that I wanted to say that whenever I was in college, Mm -hmm. I was not a great student. I mean, Mm -hmm. towards the end, I was better. Sure. But when I went back to grad school and I had a full-time job and, I mean, it was amazing. I made straight A's and (laughs) I found something that I really enjoyed learning and I really appreciated my teacher's time. Right. And really respected that they were taking time out of their life to go do this, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so the difference between just a couple of years yeah. was amazing, it actually. Is a, it is a big difference. I think that also coming with some work experience and then going mm-hmm. back to school and really valuing that I get to learn, I don't just have to be making money, yeah. mm-hmm. um, definitely changes your perspective as a mm-hmm. student. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard as when you come in at 18, 19 to have that perspective because oh, yeah. often you, you don't have anything else. I mean, you've always been in school mm-hmm. and so you're just continuing school. Um, so it's not really that you have the appreciation for what it, for what college truly is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you moved back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you do once you got here? You you said you you started kind of getting more into photog- photography, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't yet paying the bills. Right. So <laughs> my husband and I, well, we needed to be residents of Texas again. So we right. moved to Austin for mm-hmm. a year just mm-hmm. to get back in that so he could mm-hmm. go take some classes he needed to take. And then we, um, we ended up working for the Dells for a year, mm-hmm. which was great. We worked together. Mm-hmm. Um, he did construction and I did their books. Okay. Not for the Dells, for the construction company. Right. Um, and it was fine. I knew it was going to be a temporary mm-hmm. thing and we were right. sharing a car. And, and it worked out And great. it worked mm-hmm. out great for us. I'm wondering if some of those accounting classes though, that you took in your undergrad that you ultimately didn't do, did that help you when you were doing the books? It did some, and then also there's just so much available online now. Oh, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and because I had a basic understanding, but mm-hmm. it has really helped me now what I had to right. learn then. Right. And and so I basically had to teach myself through various things, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much good information online. That's true. Um, And so I was able to do, you know... It was just a year, and so mm-hmm. it worked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then y'all moved to from Austin to College Station. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you get a full-time job when you were there, or how did that work? No, actually, I really – I struggled. Um, I was so used to the job market in D.C. Mm. I mean, you could get a job. It was so right. easy to find something in my field. Right. And it was just not – easy at all. And I really was starting to be more and more interested in photography and graphic mm-hmm. design. And mm-hmm. so I started doing more wedding invitations. And then I started doing mm-hmm. wedding photography. So you were doing freelance stuff at this point. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how did you break into doing wedding photography? I really started, I think, with doing some engagement photos from my brother. Oh. For free. But we spent the whole day and he let me, he and his wife mm-hmm. let me take lots of photos. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I really did love it. Mm-hmm. And so I just built a website, um, and then put some pictures on there and then slowly was able to get more clients in College Station. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's nice that you had that. I mean, it was nice that it was your brother and sister-in-law, yeah. um, but that you had this this freedom kind of to take the, take different types of pictures. And I've seen those pictures and yeah. they're beautiful, by the way. <laughs> um, even if they were your first real professional yeah 
pictures, um, you did some really cool things, but you had like the time and the, the freedom to do some cool things. Yeah. Um, that sure. if it had been a paid job, you might not have felt like, or if it had been for somebody that wasn't a family member, mm-hmm. you might not have felt like you could have been experimental or tried some things that you were able to try. I couldn't try. have gotten onto him so much to smile more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was really great mm-hmm. to be able to do that. I mean, we probably spent five hours just going yeah. to all these different locations. and mm-hmm. um, But yeah, it just really cemented my knowledge. I mean, I just knew that I really loved it. Right, so. right. Mm-hmm. So then you... You you guys move after your your husband graduates from graduate school mm-hmm. at A and M. Y'all, he gets a job um, in New Mexico. In New Mexico, so you <laughs> moved to New Mexico. Yeah, um, and he's starting his new career mm-hmm. in this new field. And then, what are you doing at that point? So this is really a great opportunity in my life. Um, I got a job at a newspaper in town. Okay, and the pay was very low. Mm-hmm. It, you know the the town is poorer in general than where right. we live now. Um, but I did, I thought it over and I thought I could either pay to go to class and mm-hmm. learn these things or I could get paid to go to work and learn oh. these things. So like what kinds of things are you learning on this job at the newspaper? Um, so I was not familiar with the program Adobe InDesign at all. Okay. And it's a really important thing to learn for graphic designers, but I just had no experience. Right. But that's something the newspaper used all the time. Okay. To build their pages and mm-hmm. to build ads. And mm-hmm. we did a lot of special magazines mm-hmm. and stuff. And I worked with wonderful people that I'm still close to. Yeah. Um, and they were really patient. And I'm a fast learner and yeah. try to teach myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're learning on the job like that, are they are you taking classes or you're just like getting in there and getting your hands? I'm getting dirty? in there and I am asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I I tried to not repeat any of my questions. Right. But I did I mean I you know, I loved it so much that I was doing stuff at home, right. also still doing some freelance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just went and said, I'm not sure how to do this, or can mm-hmm. I watch you do this? Mm-hmm. And so when I first started, we I worked with a really talented artist, and he would draw, like, the the fair maps and stuff oh, for the Renaissance wow. Fair or whatever. And I just said, can I just watch you? Mm-hmm. And so I get to watch how he used different tools and different programs and mm. – um, I am not afraid to ask for help. (laughs) That's just what I was about to say. Like, this is one of the tools that I try to impart to my college clients is be a help seeker. And that's something that I feel like sometimes we're taught not to do. Like, don't Mm -hmm. ask questions. It makes you look dumb. But Mm -hmm. asking questions is how you learn things. And you have to be able to ask them. And you have to know how to ask them the right way in order to elicit the the type of help that you need. I never asked for help in college. And looking back, it's just... It's ridiculous. I don't know why mm-hmm. I didn't do that. I mean, right. I was struggling in some classes and I never mm-hmm. once went to the teacher. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult looking back, I'm like, they were there to help me. And right. I never, I never even asked right. for it. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes I think that that's a function of like, we go to college and we are surrounded by all these people and we all think that we should know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the that's like the myth about colleges that you get into college and everybody knows what they're doing. And we're all really good at and faking it. And mm-hmm. I, I tell my college clients that all the time. of like, not everyone around here is a better student than you. They're just mm-hmm. better at acting than you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it takes a little bit of time of being in other types of jobs. I mean, you may not have been as good a help seeker in those immediate right after mm-hmm. college jobs as you were later because oh, yeah, you'd had sure. so much experience mm-hmm. having to ask for help. <laughs> I think when you're young too, that you want to prove that you're fully capable and you're just as mm-hmm. good as everybody else mm-hmm. instead of 
just saying, hey, I actually have never done this. Can you show me how to do it right the first time or right. how to write a press release or, right. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it. there's a lot of people that are willing to help. Sure. Yeah. And it's also helpful if you go into the job, um, like you didn't apply for that job and say, hey, I do know how to do these things. And right. then later they realize you didn't. You were right. really honest with your, your mm-hmm. skills when you went into the job. I told them I knew these other programs. Great. I did mm-hmm. not know that. But I demonstrated that I could teach myself and was a fast learner. And I right. think they took a chance on that. <laughs> yeah, you you showed that you had some partic- persistence and some grit and that you were willing to take on the, the, the effort of learning those new things. I think one thing that my manager at the time and I are really close still. Mm-hmm. And so she has said one thing that she really liked from the beginning was that I was a good communicator and that mm-hmm. I would ask for help. And so mm-hmm. and so I think that was good. So um, these soft skills that you're learning, you know, I mean, we think about college and getting careers as you have to learn specific skills. And mm-hmm. like my spouse is an engineer and your spouse is an architect. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things you, ha- you can't just walk in the door at an architecture firm and say, hey, I want to yeah. be an architect. You can't just <laughs> walk into a civil engineering firm and say, can you teach me how to do this? Mm-hmm. There are some hard skills that you definitely have to learn for mm-hmm. certain careers. But other skill, but there's also a lot of these soft skills that you're learning in college, like how to talk to people, mm-hmm. um, how to communicate written and verbally, how to ask for help, how to, to do research and find things on your own. Like, mm-hmm. a, yes, ask for help, but with asking for help comes like you have to have done a little bit of work for yourself first. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You don't just walk in and say, hey, I don't know anything. You say, well, I've done this, this, and this. Now I'm stuck. What can you do to help me? Exactly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very true. So those soft skills are things that you didn't just learn in college. You learned those all along the way at all those other jobs that you had in those different industries. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say um, are some of those? I mean, we've talked about the communication skills, but what do you see as like something like, oh, if I hadn't had this particular job, I would never have learned that or I wouldn't be as good at that now as I am? I think that one thing with the difficult boss that I had I learned that it's okay to stand up for myself mm. um, and not in any kind of rude way. Right. You know, we didn't get into a fight. Right. She did throw things sometimes. <laughs> but not a good boss. If your boss throws things at no, you, that is not a good no, work we, situation. We all left our job. <laughs> um, but I was able to just stand up for myself and mm-hmm. say, I didn't do this mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I think that was really important, though, especially yeah. out of college. I, you're very unsure of yourself. Yeah. And, um, and also to recognize people worth, not worth, but that you can work with. And so the person that I work with now, mm-hmm. we work together so well. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge part of it is I've had a bunch of different managers and I've seen different styles at work or get did, you know, the mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. I, I do think communication is just a right. huge thing. I it, what what you I feel like you're alluding to there when you're talking about standing up for yourself is learning how to set boundaries for yourself. Yes, yeah, and mm-hmm. that's a that's really hard to learn unless you're kind of on the job because especially when you're young and you're starting out and you're having your first few jobs, like I know for me, like I just wanted a job and I just wanted to prove myself, so I yeah. really didn't have any boundaries initially right. because I just I wanted to show them that I am eager and I'm capable and I will do anything. Mm-hmm. And, I, and my, at the time, I really would have done anything. Um, and then now that I'm older. I can actually set boundaries because I know what I'm worth, but I also know that I can prove myself in different ways other mm-hmm. than just being a doormat to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's important for you, what you said about learning how, learning who you work with well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's made a huge impact on your current business. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you hadn't had those experiences with, you know, you you didn't work with just a couple of different people. And you're, right. over the course of your, your career, you've worked with lots of different people and mm-hmm. lots of different personalities. Mm-hmm. And that really helped you get a sense of who you do work best with. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not the person that you work best with, how to work best with someone that right. maybe doesn't have or the how to deal with difficult right. situations. I mean, right. everyone's going to have a difficult client or a difficult sure. situation where someone's unhappy with something mm-hmm. or expects more than you can give, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to learn how to handle those situations. Right. It's, it's hard. And those are not the kinds of things that you can learn by taking a class in college. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, those are things Unless that you have you... a bad study partner. Well, that's true. <laughs> But typically, you know, they're not standing up there teaching you. When you get with someone who has this type of personality, you should handle it this way. Because that's a very abstract way to think about Mm -hmm. it. You Mm -hmm. have to get in there and have that experiential learning Mm -hmm. to learn how you're going to be able to deal with those. And Mm -hmm. as you change over time and you grow and develop and age and mature and get more confident with who you are as as a person, as a professional, that also changes how you interact with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can't. You can't just walk out of college with all the skills that you need. No. I feel like I'm still learning so many of course, things. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I think that this is a great stopping point for us because we've talked about all of the different things that you've learned along the way. You definitely mm-hmm. learned. You had you you left college with a great skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were able to take that into these different jobs. And sometimes jobs that didn't seem like, you know, working at a newspaper is different than working at in customer in the design department mm-hmm. at a newspaper is way different than working in customer service mm-hmm. on the surface. But right. you probably were using some of those same skills mm-hmm. um, in both of those positions. Absolutely. I mean, we dealt with clients all the time mm-hmm. and they own businesses and, right. you know, lots right. of different things. Right. So I, I want to say thank you for your time. You. Um, I think this was good. You know, what I'm trying to do with some of these interviews right now is to to, to show students um, and anyone really going through transition that we learn so much along the way that you don't just leave college Absolutely. or leave a job and you know everything there is to know about that job. You're, you're continuing to grow and mm-hmm. continuing to develop. And you have to have those experiences in order to ultimately get to the job that you want to have. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can come back and talk about the job that you have now as the job that you're wanting to have. Okay. <laughs> That'd be great. So thanks, Jessica. I really appreciate your time. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed this story. Jess has lots of stories of transition and change, but it's interesting to me to see that they all help her to become the person that she is today. Um, Remember, you can follow us on Instagram. Please like, download, share, rate, all of the things that you do for podcasts. I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate you sharing with someone. who you think could benefit from this conversation. Remember, the only constant is change, but you don't have to go it alone. I'm Leanne Maxwell with Panther City Partners, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.